0: We welcome you back to Local News Live. Now we are going to have an interview with you today about how March is Problem Gambling Awareness Month. We're going to be interviewing the National Council on Problem Gambling about this. And to bring us more on this, we're going to toss it right on over to our very own Camila Rueda, who joins us now live to begin this interview. Camila, introduce us a little bit.
1: Yes, of course. So March is the... Problem Gambling Awareness Month, so we're going to talk to Keith White. He's the executive director of the National Council on Problem Gambling. So Keith is here with us today. Thanks so much for joining us, Keith.
0: Thank you for having me, Camilla.
1: So Keith, let's just start with the basics. What is problem gambling?
0: Well, problem gambling is any uh, amount of gambling that disrupts uh, your financial, uh, vocational, or or even family. Uh, pursuits. So the problems can range from mild to moderate uh, to severe and even life threatening.
1: So I saw that this year, the theme is awareness in action. So what kind of goals do you guys have with that theme this year?
0: Well, one of the most important things is that Americans should recognize problem gambling is a disease. It's not moral weakness or just someone who's greedy. It literally has the same biological and genetic roots as substance abuse. So the awareness part is just that that problem gambling is a disorder, it's just like other other addictions. Uh, The action part is to make sure people know that there's hope and help available. Far too many Americans who have gambling problems don't seek out uh, the hope and help that's available, and so they tend to suffer in silence and have much worse outcomes, not just for themselves, but for their families and their communities.
1: And how widespread is problem gambling here in the US?
0: Right now, we think roughly 2% of adults meet criteria for a gambling problem in a given year. And when you actually take out the adults who don't gamble, uh, because there's still about 10 to 15% of Americans who don't gamble in a given year, that puts about 5% of people who gamble in the past year are likely to meet criteria for gambling problems. So that's that's roughly 10 million uh, Americans.
1: That's a lot of people. And you know, I also want to ask you, um, because this does land during March, which is also March Madness. A lot of people are doing sports betting right now. So does that also fall into those categories?
0: That's absolutely correct, Camila. That's one of the reasons we designated March as Problem Gambling Awareness Month almost 20 years ago, uh, because sports betting, illegal sports betting, and even now legal sports betting is a big part of the gambling addiction perspective in the United States. And so for most Americans, March Madness is, you know, bracket busters and buzzer beaters. And it's the fun and the excitement of the tournament. But for that, that roughly 5% of Americans uh, who gamble in the past year and have gambling problems, March Madness is, is a much darker. It's evocative of the madness that they may feel in being unable to set a limit and stick to their, uh, being unable to set a limit with their betting and suffering massive negative consequences as a result.
1: And when so many people are partaking, you know, in this, so, uh, wh- how do you know when you've crossed that line when you need to get help?
0: It's a great question. So one common feature is someone who's not able to set and stick to a limit of time and money they spend gambling. So if you have a friend who says, "Oh, they're only going to spend ten dollars on the on the tournament," or they're only going to they're only going to play um, bingo for an hour, um, if they're able to stick with those limits, that's probably a very good sign. But on the flip side. If you have someone that says they're only going to spend $10 on a tournament and winds up blowing 1000 and, and they do that over and over, you know, that, that's, that's an indicator that their gambling is just turning from recreational to risk and then maybe even a gambling problem or gambling addiction.
1: Okay. So it's important to identify those things and look for them in your friends and family as well. And now, um, what kinds of things can this lead to you know, if it does continue?
0: Well, the consequences of a gambling addiction can be secure. So for most people, of course, it's the the main consequence they think about is loss of money. And we're not as concerned about the loss of money. The money you can get back, it's things like time away from your family. It's things like other physical and mental health disorders that often accompany a gambling problem, such as depression and stress and anxiety, and up to including a high rate of suicidal behavior. So people with severe gambling problems uh, report uh, high rates of attempted and, and even in completed suicides. So the consequences are not just financial, they're emotional, psychological, and even uh, potentially life-threatening.
1: Okay. And then I also saw that you guys are reaching your 50th year here at National Council on Problem Gambling. So how has it changed or has it stayed the same throughout the years?
0: It's a great question. So in 1972, the majority of Americans did not approve of legalized gambling for themselves or others. Uh, But we still knew, of course, there were gambling problems. There was still a lot of gambling in in America and in our culture. Now, almost 85% of Americans approve of legalized gambling for themselves or others. And at least 75% of Americans have gambled at least once in the past year. So gambling has massively expanded and become normalized and acceptable in our culture more than it ever has been in the history of the United States. But unfortunately, gambling problems are still a little bit stigmatized. People don't talk about them as much. And so a lot of our effort around March and certainly over these past 50 years has been to raise awareness of gambling problems and and encourage people to take action to get that, that hope and help that's available. But there's no question, gambling yeah, is, yeah. is massively changing our culture. It's now much more popular, much more acceptable, and much more accessible than it ever has been before.
1: Okay, so the goal is awareness, opening up the conversation. And it might be a little uncomfortable for some people. So can you give us an example? You know, how do you, how do you start a conversation like that?
0: Well, I think you're right. It, is a, it can be a very difficult subject. But like many difficult subjects, the most important way to start is to let the person know you care. And then let them know you're not judging them, but you've noticed some things about their behavior, about how their gambling is impacting them and you that you want to do. And then the last thing to say is to make sure that not only are you letting them know you care, you're being non-judgmental or non-stigmatizing, but then to provide them with resources for help, for further information. Because most people aren't trained to be interventionists or psychiatrists or or counselors, but you can help them take that next step you can help them call our 24-hour helpline you can help them go online and find more information and then they can work at their own pace in many cases with addiction you just have to you have to stop digging that hole and and then once you start seeking help there's so much hope and help available but you need to take that that addict needs to take that first step everything else then starts to come come a lot easier
1: Keith, and now I know we've been talking about this addiction, but, you know, for some people it's hard to think about, you know, being addicted to something that isn't actually there. So how do you explain it to some people who just don't get it, you know? It's more than a financial problem.
0: Yeah, Camilla, that's probably one of the biggest misunderstandings or myths about gambling addiction is that because there's no substance, you know, it can't really be addiction. Because Americans think about addiction in terms of substance abuse. You know, there's a substance and you abuse it. Well, in some ways, the the substance that people with gambling problems abuse is money. You know, money is what they need to feed their addiction. They need more and more money, um, gamble to achieve that same high, because neurochemically in the brain of a person with a gambling problem, uh, those we see the same patterns as in someone with a cocaine problem or an opioid problem. So the brains of, of all addicts uh, have the similar some of the similar um, uh, patterns and deficiencies. And so it is deeply rooted in our biology and psychology, even though there is no substance to activate it. Turns out heavy repeated gambling uh, is associated with those same changes in the brain as heavy repeated drug use. And it leads to the same negative consequences in terms of loss of friends and families, uh, needing more and more of the drug or of the gambling to achieve that same high, which is tolerance. And then uh, things like withdrawal, you know, people with with met with large gambling problems may experience physical withdrawal when they're trying to cut down or quit.
1: Same things as an addiction there. So Keith, um, it is, you know, March is problem gambling awareness month, someone might be seeing this and say, I have a family or a friend who's going through this or needs help. So what should they do? What kind of resources can you guys provide for them?
0: We run a 24-hour toll-free and most importantly, confidential helpline in 1-800-522-4700. That works uh, toll-free nationwide across the United States, 365 days of the year. And what the people on the other end of that helpline will do will be to refer you to resources in your area. You know, the resources vary by state. You can chat to that number, or you can text to that number, and you can chat at ncpgambling.org chat. So you can call or text to 800-522-4700 and you can chat at ncpgambling.org chat. Either way you get there, we will help you take those incredibly important next steps to get the, the help that you need in your community.
1: Okay, so you can call, you can text, then you have resources all over the country. So Keith, um, anything else you want to add?
0: Well, problem gambling is preventable and treatable. And so please don't suffer in that shame and silence and stigma. Uh, silence is one of the things that helps breed the addiction. So reach out if, if you can't talk to friends or family or your, or your, or clergy, um, you know, reach out for help through the helpline and we'll connect you with the resources that you need. There are millions of Americans who've had gambling problems, have, have called the number and have been able to overcome them. And we know it's possible. So we, we just urge people who think they may be heading down that path or may have had really negative experiences with their gambling. To think about reaching out and finding a better way to deal with their gambling problems.
1: You're right, Keith. You know what? No one is ever alone. People can go through this together. So, thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us today.
0: Thank you, Camilla. It's my pleasure.
1: All right. That was Keith White. He's the executive director of the National Council on Problem Gambling, who was joining us today. So, if you do need those resources, um, those were those are up on their website.